0: So we're going to be reading from 1 Kings chapter 15, and beginning at verse 9. It's uh, the story of Asa, the king of Judah. Not sure how much you know about Asa, king of Judah. Might find out a little bit more this morning. One of the leaders on our um, Haysmere team is called Asa, and he hasn't led with us for quite a few years, and uh, it was... Uh, ironic really, because I started preparing this on Monday or Tuesday and decided I'd preach on this passage. And then having not heard from him for an absolute age, he suddenly phoned me yesterday afternoon. So I heard from Asa, so it's uh, highly appropriate. 1 Kings 15, verses 19 to 24. 9 to 24, rather. Page 357 in the Blue Bibles. In the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Asa became king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 41 years. His grandmother's name was Makkah, daughter of Abishalom. Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as his father David had done. He expelled the male shrine prostitutes from the land and got rid of all the idols his ancestors had made. He even deposed his grandmother Makkah from her position as queen mother, because she had made a repulsive Asherah pole. Asa cut the pole down and burnt it in the Kidron Valley. Although he did not remove the high places, Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. He brought into the temple of the Lord the silver and gold and the articles that he and his father had dedicated. There was war between Asa and Bashar, king of Israel, throughout their reigns. Bashar, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from leaving or entering the territory of Asa, king of Judah. Asa then took all the silver and gold that was left in the treasuries of the Lord's temple and of his own palace. He entrusted it to his officials and sent them to Ben-Hadad, son of Tabrimon, the son of Hesion, the king of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus. "'Let there be a treaty between me and you,' he said, "'as there was between my father and your father.' See, I am sending you a gift of silver and gold. Now break your treaty with Bashar, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadad agreed with King Asa and sent the commanders of his forces against the towns of Israel. He conquered Ijon, Dan, Abel, beth Macca, and all Kinnereth, in addition to Naphtali. When Bashar heard this, he stopped building Ramah and withdrew to Terzar. Then King Asa issued an order to all Judah, no one was exempt, and they carried away from Ramah the stones and timber Basha had been using there. With them, King Asa built up Geber and Benjamin, and also Mizpah. As for all the other events of Asa's reign, all his achievements, all he did, and the cities he built, are they not written in the book of the Annals of the Kings of Judah? In his old age, however, his feet became diseased. Then Asa rested with his ancestors and was buried with them in the city of his father David. And Jehoshaphat his son succeeded him as king. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And there's a quiz later on all those names. And if we'd like to stand together for a few moments as we hear some verses from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his authority, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teachers of the law. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So, Lord God, we approach your holy words with with reverence and the desire that you might speak into our lives words of truth, words of hope. Amen. Amen. Do be seated. There's a question you may have been asked from time to time, maybe gone on some sort of training course in the past or whatever, and it would be, how would you want people to remember you when you're gone? I've been asked that question. How would you want people to remember you when you're gone? Some of you are screwing up your faces, so don't, don't ask me that question. It helps us to focus on how best we invest our time and energies. Well, recently, my daily Bible readings have um, been taking me through a section of Book of One Kings. The story of the early kings of Israel and Judah. And uh, it's largely quite depressing uh, reading. You've got time and time again words like, this king sinned against the Lord, or they, they sinned just like their father had. And we get that recurring pattern of God's people never seeming to learn the lessons of their fathers and their forefathers. And their leaders setting a pretty poor example. But there is the odd ray of light, and the reading today brings one of them. For nearly all of his life, bar a slight blip in his last couple of years, King Asa lived a life honouring to God. And his legacy can be summed up in two lines. You may have picked them out as you heard those verses read in amongst all the names and places. Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord as his father David had done that's a pretty good commendation pretty good legacy line Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord as his father David had done and then a few verses later Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life how would I want to be remembered? well those lines wouldn't be too bad would they? So what can we learn from Asa's example? Well, firstly, he stood up to be counted. When he came to the throne, Judah was a hotbed of iniquity. Idol worship was rife. Much of a worship involved the glorification of sex and much prostitution. His grandmother was fully caught up in this idol worship. It was all a complete mess. And Asa had choices to make. Would he court popularity and just let things rumble on as they were? Or would he do something? And he chose to act. Because he had a great sense of God's values and God's priorities. His grandmother was cast aside, idols were destroyed, and the culture changed for the better. Begs a question for us, doesn't it? Are we prepared to challenge what we know to be wrong? We may not have the authority over a nation that Asa had, but we do have influence in our families, amongst our friends, perhaps in groups that we're involved in. And when we see or hear things dishonouring to God, are we prepared to speak out, to act? It takes guts. It may not win friends, but who are we ultimately trying to please? Are we, like Asa, prepared to stand up and be counted? And secondly, and this is really important, he did what he could, not what he couldn't. Verse 14 of this passage reads like this. There's a little phrase that comes before the one that says, Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord. Verse 14 reads, Although he did not remove the high places, Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. There's a recognition in that he wasn't able to completely clear the country of its idol worship, but he did what he could. Sometimes we can look at a situation and it just seems too enormous. We don't even know where to start. Take take poverty, for instance, or issues concerning the environment. Each of them offences against God. God. Do we just throw our hands in the air and say, I can't do anything about that? Or are we prepared to take some responsibility and adopt, to coin a phrase from Eugene Peterson about discipleship, a long obedience in the same direction, doing little things within our powers to help effect change? There was controversy, wasn't there, Uh, last week or the week before last, when um, some uh, children, young people, were boycotting lessons to campaign on the streets about environmental issues. It was a simple way of them expressing their concerns about environmental issues and global warming. They couldn't make a big difference to government policy, but they could make their voice heard. How do we make our voice heard? How do we use simple acts and do what we can, not what we can't? Not being intimidated by the vastness of some of the issues in the world, but get involved in small ways. Thirdly, he was prayerful and trusted God in the face of opposition. This was an unsettled time in the history of the Jewish nation. There was much conflict assorted alliances between nations. And Asa, we see in this chapter, sought the best for his people and proved an effective leader and diplomat, finding creative solutions to difficult situations. He adopted a can-do attitude and cried out to God for help. And so as we look at Asa, he gets a pretty good write-up. Those two lines again, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as his father David had done, and his heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. But he wasn't perfect. If we were to turn to a parallel passage in 2 Chronicles 16, we see a man who, at the end of his life, became increasingly self-reliant. He began to lose sight of his true call. Maybe it's that which is referred to when we get that phrase about his feet becoming diseased at the end of his life. Maybe it's a physical ailment, maybe it's a fact that he loses sight of his true God. Well, ultimately, of course, we're not called to follow the example of Asa or any other earth, earthly king. We can learn from them. But we're called to look to the one true king, the perfect son of God who shows us a way and sets a supreme example. And whilst we commend Asaph for his faithfulness and achievements, we're reminded of God's call to be faithful, not just for most of our lives, but right to the very end. We're reminded that we can't live on yesterday's achievements or godly living. We're reminded that each day we're called to make wise choices, and that we need to keep spurring each other on and asking God to strengthen us to keep him at the centre of our lives day by day. At this point in time, the Christchurch community is uh, mourning the death of two of its faithful servants, Roger Martin, whose funeral was earlier this week, and Joyce Pidden, whose funeral is in a couple of weeks' time. Both of them were visited regularly in their later years by members of our home community when they were largely housebound. Neither of them would have claimed to be perfect, but they kept faithful to their Lord right to the end. The lines about Asa in this passage could equally be applied to one of them, to each of them. We read in Hebrews, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, that includes Asa and others from Old Testament times, it includes Roger and Joyce and others from more recent days. Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen. So let's proclaim our faith in Christ and in